Hello and welcome to Sumo Mainichi. My name's Dave. I'm here with Amy and we are here to preview the upcoming Kyushu Basho that takes place in Kyushu, Japan. Yep. That's how it gets its name. And it kicks off tomorrow. Can you believe Sumo's back already? It's back and it's back with an absolute vengeance. There is so much Sumo content around, which is just so great considering the dearth of stuff we've had over the last few years, ever since the the social media ban and all of that. We haven't seen a whole lot, but in particular, the um, Sumo channel, YouTube channel, they're just pumping out content and there's just so much stuff to watch. We spoke a bit about it in our Banzuke episode. Just, it's like an avalanche, a tidal wave of content that's come out. Uh, it, and it really gives you the feeling that Sumo's back. Yep, it is back, baby. The other thing is that there's so, been so many retirements of guys that we know since we've started watching and loved, you know, all of your Kisunasados and Goedo and all of those guys, Toyonoshima. And so with them coming through the Oyakata ranks, they, you know, anything you watch on the Sumo channel, you sort of know one or two people in it and it just makes it feel that much more encompassing. Yeah, well... We need to crack into this. So much news. There's so much news. We will get to Ichi Nojo. But first, let's yes. let's put <laughs> some positive energy out into the sumo world. And let's talk about this sumo kyokai fan festival. Yeah, well, I was mentioning that content. The biggest part of that probably in between September and November was the fan festival. There was a lot of video stuff around and it was some days where you could go to the Kokugikan and you could hang out with these guys. And it just looked like such a fun time. I am absolutely devastated that we couldn't go. Uh, look, I think one of the things, casting my eye over all this content, the programming felt a bit, <laughs> a bit urgent. Yeah. Like, like they'd done it in the last few days. Well, look, I, I can't talk to the timelines, but I guess it's did anyone say no to anything? Yeah. <laughs> it felt like there were a lot of ideas in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you plan something, an event for work and everybody sort of brainstorms and chucks their ideas up on a whiteboard or whatever, and then you go through and you say, look, we probably can't do all of these. Let's consider our resourcing. But they did not do that. No, they I think- They did every single thing. They did the brainstorm stage. Yep. Stopped for lunch and just yeah. said, this is it. Yeah. We're done. We've done it. Should we put it in any kind of order? No, let's just do it. One after each other. Let's just- was the chunko cooking competition, did we give that a tick? Yeah, we gave that a tick. It was <laughs> on the board. We're going to do it. Has everyone brought their pots and their little stands and all their meat and veggies? Yeah, yeah, we all brought it. We, we knew we were doing it. Well, and look, I guess I wonder whether this extends to the marketing team uh, at the <laughs> JSA because the T-shirts, <laughs> I was the official T-shirts. T-shirt, special event T-shirt tick was definitely on the board, but Good design. Oh, that wasn't really ticked, I don't reckon. It, fe <laughs> it felt like maybe it was a retro T-shirt. Like it felt 80s yeah. to me. Yeah. It was kind of like children's writing, yeah. wasn't it? It was like a, a kid had written Sumo. Because it was in English as well. It said Sumo yeah, Fan true. Festival in English. And actually, if you watch the video, there's a fair whack of English announcement. Exactly. I never, that, I never quite put that together, but this was an event for the world. It's Quite unusual because there didn't unusual. look to be a lot of um, people from outside Japan there. I'm sure there were a few. I, I didn't see heaps. But, yeah, they certainly embraced the English angle and, and announced the major things that were happening. Like you said, there was a, a cooking competition. So about six 
Haya had um, little areas that they, they cooked up and the winner of that, they called it the, the Chunko Grand Prix. Fair enough. It's really it putting it up there in importance. It wasn't about speed though. It was I, about I, taste, right? It's about speed. <laughs> you can't like, rush a nabe. I mean, my Japanese is coming along, but it's uh, by no means great, but I did not hear a prize awarded for speed. Well, I mean, the fact that it's called a Grand Prix. Yeah. No, no. But, well, but that means Sounds grand like prize, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah big prize. And the grand prize was won by Michinoku Bea, which is Kiribayama's stable, and he didn't accept the award. There was someone else who uh, gave a lovely speech, like, we did have yep. this and love to make chunko. And the secret uh, ingredient was salt. Well, they won. Say. Oh, did he? Yeah. And they won a big um, thing of salt. Like it yeah. looked like one of those sacks of flour. <laughs> but <laughs> I do know the word for salt, which is great. So it was like a paper, big paper bag of salt. Mm. I think they won a slab. Did that look yeah, like a slab to you? Yeah, um, And they which, won a whole lot of certificates. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. You, you can't just get goods for the kitchen you need a certificate as well. Uh, some other competitions we saw, we saw the Tegata stamping competition. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So they had to stamp as many. I think they were going for a record. They had to stamp as many as possible in a certain time. Uh, Terunofuji, he was pretty slow. I mean, he's, his knees are bad, but I didn't know his elbows were oh, so look, bad. <laughs> I mean, there's something about this too, about the commodification of uh, sumo as a sport these Tagatas go for decent money. I know. And we just saw the winner, who it was Hakuho. Didn't he do 80-something in a minute? I think he did over 100. A, I think it was minute. just over 100 in a minute. So how much do you sell? How much could we buy one of those for on there? I feel like they like go. 50 bucks, 50 yeah, Australian at dollars. At least. Which is how much American? It's like 30 no, or something. 25, 30. So that's like he's just generated them a yeah. massive amount of income there. I mean, they've got to do the little design on the outside. But the other thing I thought with the Tegata stamping competition was, you know how there's the most stressful jobs in the world that people always talk about, like um, oh, airplane. Yeah, air traffic controller. Air traffic controller is meant to be one of the biggest, one of the, like the most stressful job. I reckon up there would be the guy who's like moving across the pages. Well, when Huckahaw's doing it. I was going to say, thank you for qualifying that it was the person who was moving Huckahaw's pages. The person who was doing Terra Fuji's was having a great time. No, he wasn't even watching. <laughs> yeah, so it's no. like, oh, you've done one? All yeah, right, I'll move that move over. That. Because the pressure on them is immense. It is so quick. But yeah, Huckahaw won that. Mitakumi also did it. He seemed in very good spirits during this he was fan festival. Very jovial. And maybe it's the, the lifting of the weight of ex- expectation of him. Uh, Maybe. Now that he's not Ozeki. Maybe. He can just do whatever he wants. I would have thought he would have been a bit more serious, a bit more like down in the dumps being Sekiwako, but he wasn't. And famously quiet between Basho mm. too. So good to see him out there having a great time entertaining the sumo fans. He was medium in his pace. Yeah. He was he, pretty good. He was fine. Mm. There was um, hairdo demonstrations. So Bushozan was... Um, brought out in front of everyone in a small room as well. Like, honestly, the big room that they had in the the way that they set up the Kokogukan for the big stuff looked like there were, you know, several hundred people there. But these small room stuff, I reckon there were like 30 people yeah, sitting I, in there watching Bouchelzan's hair thing. This was more of, a, more of a breakout room, yeah. workshop <laughs> type of deal. <laughs> it was. He looked happy about it. It yeah. was great. There was a drumming demonstration. Uh, there was mochi pounding, of course. There was a big quiz in the big room, the sumo uh, quiz in the small room in the breakout spaces, Gyoji demonstrations and yeah. photos. 
um, which was pretty fun and just kind of meet and greets and stuff like that. But the other big thing that happened in the big room, I'm calling it the big room, like it's a conference centre in the Kokugikan was a uh, demonstration of Shiko. So they got everyone to do Shiko over and over again and then they tried to hit a record of the most in, I don't know how the record was. Yeah. And determined look, whether it was the most Chico in one minute or I think it was the most people most doing people Chico doing at one it. time. Yep. And of course, that's where the, the demonstration where the, the ricochet lift their legs up in the air, right? Mm, mm. Um, what was the previous record? Probably two? Yeah, well, I mean, well, it's three at least when you do oh, yeah, a doyeri for the Yokozuna. <laughs> so I reckon it was maybe three. And maybe uh, when you do, you know, training in a Haya, you might have like 10, yeah. 15. But there were there were several hundred yeah. there. But I did notice that there was so much space left there. So I feel like they could have gone out onto the street and just gone, hey, anyone walking past, like there's so much space left in this building we're trying to hit a record. I'd come in if someone said I'm trying to do a well, world record. I think it'd be anything. very interesting. We couldn't obviously get anything going here in Australia, but I think about our friends at the Dallas Sumo Club. Yeah. And maybe next time they get together. Oh, yeah. Could they find out what the record was and see yep. if they could beat it? Yep. And then write in. Yeah. Right into the JSA and go, we've beaten it. You've got well, to do no, it again. You'd go straight to the Guinness, uh, people, yes. Guinness Book of World Records. Yes. <laughs> I believe so. I'm Guinness sure they're people. very interested in this statistic. Yeah. Just write straight to them. Yeah. Well, the Dallas Sumo Club are getting, re- getting together with all the other. Yeah. That's what I think. You know, yeah. Sumo people in the area and lots of other American ones and stuff. So go for it. Let's do it. I don't think we can sumo. do it. Yeah. I don't think my work would be on board with that. But uh, what else did they do? Oh, singing. So there was a lot of singing. Yeah, we'll talk about that a bit later. Just great singing from a lot of the usual suspects. So the fan festival, I mean, it was just so great to see. Yes. And look, I I think that probably trying to fit that much activity in a couple of days, I think it was. It was over more than one day, wasn't it? I think so. I think it was two or three. Would have been exhausting. (laughs) Uh, But great to see. Uh, Some fan-facing events happening now that COVID seems to be passing in Japan. Well, I, I think we need to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we do. It can't all be good news. We do need to touch on the Ichi Nojo scandal. This broke uh, in mainstream Japanese publications only yesterday. Mm. Do you want to walk us through the main dot points of the story? Yeah, well, apparently it has been brought up before, but more in the in the gossip rag. Yeah. So no one was really taking it seriously until it came out the other day in this particular publication. And it's that Ichinojo has quite a serious drinking problem um, and often sort of drinks himself into a, a bit of a stupor. And in one of those times, he has um, been violent towards the Okami-san and this was when she came to pick him up from when he um, knocked himself out uh, with alcohol and he sort of shook her off, you know, when you you don't really want to go home. Don't touch me. You're sitting in a, <laughs> I'm not fine. that I've ever done yeah. it, sitting on the side of the road, just telling my friends I'm, I'm going off to do something else and, and shaking them off. Well, he did that and he sort of hit her, which... Is not great. It's not good. Really, really bad. Um, there's also a supposedly money trouble between um, between the Oyakata and between the stable and Ichinojo. And he's just nicked off kind of. He's, he's not living there anymore. And they're like, you know, you've got to come back and participate. Let's sort this out. And he's just kind of like, no, I won't. I mean, this is, it's a fascinating revelation. It's a real surprise. It's a real surprise. I, I guess one of the things reflecting on it, I thought, is does this explain his long-term form inconsistency? Possibly. I mean, very much possibly. 
The days that I've turned up to work after having a big night yeah. on a Tuesday, you know, <laughs> it can happen. Yeah. You're never at your best. No. No. So I wonder. And especially as you get older, like the older. Well, absolutely. He's, he's not our age, of course, like hangovers are absolute nightmares right now, but um, he's getting older and you can't recover as, well, well, I'd as argue, quickly as you can. I'd argue at the top level of sumo at any age turning up a bit hungover probably yeah. would affect your performance. And it seems as though complete communication breakdown now between mm. Ichinojo and his Heia. They're, apparently they're only communicating through lawyers. And the weirdest thing is that this was happening while he won the Yusho. So it first um, started to come to light in December last year when he left the Heia and then in March um, it was when they tried to get him to come back and he got the lawyer and he was sort of saying no. So it's been going all year. While he won the Yusho, they tried to get him to participate. The NSK tried to get him to be <laughs> in one of their videos. You know, they're like yeah. emailing all the rikishi going, oh, we're putting together this video. You know, Joe, you just won the Yusho. Can you come and give us a bit of it? And he wouldn't. So they had to redo the whole video. I mean, this would be an absolute expectation yeah. of a Yusho winner would be to participate in this side of it, the promotional side of it. Look, Ichinojo is in the Torikumi for tomorrow. Yep. Apparently he is going to fight, but I'm interested in watching what happens this afternoon and tomorrow morning. Because I, reckon, I reckon it'll move very quickly. I think it'll move very quickly. Now that it's out in the media, JSK, NSK will probably get together. They'll need to discuss this. This is a very, very bad look for the sport. Yep. And when that happens, they tend to make Rikishi sit out. Yeah, I mean, they have this compliance committee that is pretty strict and I think act pretty fast. Yeah. I think with Asani Yama, he didn't, he apparently didn't have a lawyer. So it happened really fast with him, but Ryudan did. And so that's I why the things for um, his banning and everything actually took quite a long time since when the um, incident happened because it was done through a lawyer. So this might, that's the only thing that makes me yeah. think this might take a little bit longer, but the little bit longer might have been these last few months and it might be coming to a right. head now perhaps. Okay. And I, I think the thing that we don't appreciate in the West is that these are specialty sumo lawyers. They know how to keep their boys out on the doyo. Yeah, well. Do you know? Yeah. That's, that's how they make the big money. They know the intricacies <laughs> of the system. Yeah. Oh, you put a Western lawyer in this situation, or even a sports lawyer, they'd have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to have a pretty specific world, isn't it? It is. I mean, when you've got I'm precedents. I'm sure there are specific sumo lawyers. When you've got law precedents that would be back in the, you know, thousands of years ago, mm. it's quite a lot to take in. Do you think he'd have the same lawyer as Reardon? Oh, gee. Like, did Reardon get a good. Question. It's It's impossible to know, like, what was bargained or what was, yeah. how was that was played out. We'll, we'll never know whether he was a good lawyer or not. The other thing that occurred to me this morning was that we've seen Rikishi f be forced to retire when violence is involved. Yes. And yes. The, the incident, the very, very unfortunate incident that you outlined at the start isn't isolated. Yep. It has been happening. There's been violence in the hair from Ichinojo. It would be a pity for the big man to bow out this way. It really would because he just got his Japanese citizenship recently yep. and he was slated as being the next Minato Beya Oyakata head. Um, that was what everyone assumed that <laughs> he was going to go out and do. And it's just such a um, 
mismatch between yeah. I know we have to be really careful in the West to not, um, you know, infantilize well, or yeah. project what we how we think people are. I mean, we just don't know. We just don't have that much insight into um, a lot of the ricochet and it seems like he's, you know, really struggling. I mean, alcoholism is such a serious thing as well, mm. of course, but the violence that comes from that is is awful. Yeah, and I think probably it would be safe to say that having a few beers with the boys uh, is a staple of sumo mm. and the culture around sumo. Mm. It's one of the tools that they use to help them gain weight. To bulk up, yeah. Um, alcohol can be very Moorish. Yep. Sure can. What a, I mean, what a situation. What a situation. We'll see. I do think it'll, I, I do think it'll happen quite quickly as to whether he's, he pulls out of Kyushu, whether they, they let him stay. Yes. I suspect they won't, but we, I mean, well, we just guess. Yeah. It. And look, it'll be mixed feelings if he does step up on the doyo tomorrow, I'd say. Yeah. I wonder fans. if they'd ever strip him of the Yusho. They wouldn't. No. That, has there been any precedent of that? I don't know. Would they didn't speak- do anything to Harumafuji or anything? No, they didn't. Yeah, but his was, a, it felt like a flashpoint incident. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? I just wonder what the most disgrace is. Oh, yeah. I'm, well. sure, I'm sure people know this. You can let us know. Well. In the past. If you can come back from fixing matches, maybe you can come back from having a few <laughs> beers and pushing your mates around too. Let's well, move on, should we? It was a lot more than that. But no, yes. It was a lot more than yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Um, Fuji. A little bit more information came out about his surgery. He's confirmed not to be in Kyushu, so we probably don't need to talk about him too much, but just information about what's happened with his knees, which sounds pretty horrendous. And, you know, he had spurs in there and they were the biggest ones that the doctor's ever seen. My only concern here in reading about this is that they're really hyping up how quickly he's recovering. So they're like, oh, in just a few weeks he was um, off the crutches. Oh, in just a few weeks after that he was... Practicing, like it, he doesn't yeah. have to. I think his best chance, obviously, and we say this again and again about injuries, is to recover as well as he can and as carefully it, as he can, and it, then come back. It could have to do with the nature of the surgery too. There's there's some things and some procedures where they want you putting weight That's back true. on it because it That's promotes true. healing. Mm. Don't know about fiddling about underneath the kneecap though. No, no. So I hope that he he can recover as best he can. Tucker Keisho now, as usual, he's pretty optimistic. He's, he's um, you know, thinks he can do it. He loves Kyushu, apparently, Tucker Keisho. It's where he got his first Jurio Yusho, his first Makauchi Yusho. He, he really enjoys it down there. He, he likes the change of atmosphere. Um, Tucker Keisho famously uh, won't give journalists what they want between <laughs> bashos, but uh, there was an interview that was published. Takakesho sat down with journalist Izuka Saki, who really managed to pry open the Ozeki. There was a lot of do my own style of sumo, take it one basho at a time. But as the interview wore on, we got to see the real Takakesho. And I'll, I'll walk you through some of his responses to these questions because I found them really fascinating. Takakesho was asked, what strikes you most about the world of sumo? Real zoom out question. Yeah, isn't it? Big picture. And he he said, you learn something every day. It's impossible to make perfect sumo. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Even if you win and fight well, there's always even a small thing that can be improved. But if you think too much about it, you end up losing the effectiveness of your strategy. Sometimes it's better to rely on your sensitivity. Mm. 
What do you think of that? Instinct. I think it's a really good sports um, analogy, uh, not analogy, summary of sports psychology for a lot of um, sports people in that they're always looking to improve, number one. So no matter how well they go, they're always like, I can do better, I can do better, which is a good mindset to have when you're not doing well as well. You're like, all right, well, it's cool because I can work on my sport and do better. And then the other thing about having the um, practical aspect down and training and all of that, but then relying on your instinct. Well, Saki smelt blood in the water here and she drilled down. Ah, yep. And really explored this side of sumo with Tucker K show by asking, so when you fight, are you in a competitive trance state? Ah. Tucker K show. Now listen to this. There's a lot to unpack here. Exactly. I am slow to think. So I rely on the independent reactions of my body. Slow to think. (laughs) Slow to think. This is why when they interview me after the meetings, I say that I don't remember what happened because that's how it is. Wow. So he is out there. I think in, well, when I studied psychology, this is known as a fugue state where you are operating completely independently of conscious thought. He kind of blacks out. (laughs) He blacks out. So I'm going to really keep an eye on this, this Basho, just to see when he leaves his body. So Tucker Keisho continues, when I review the videos, then I realise what happened. Okay. So they have to show him the videos. <laughs> he's like, so wow, it, I looked amazing. Well, he's like, who's this? Look and they're like, go. that's you, mate. <laughs> and he's like, that's oh. So I'm not bad. Go, go. <laughs> um, so he continues, many other ricochets use their heads. I rely on intuition. I'm not a brilliant person, so I focus on repeating the same exercises to make certain reactions natural and involuntary. Wow. So it's something about preparing the body so that when he leaves, Mm. the body knows what to do. (laughs) Yeah, that's It's a fascinating approach to sumo. I don't know about I'm not a brilliant person and I'm slow to think. I think he might need a few, you know, pep-ups about his... Mental state. Well, I don't think there's any point in pepping him up because he's not there (laughs) when the bout kicks off. (laughs) It doesn't matter how how smart he is, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. So he finishes up this question by continuing, there are two types of sumo wrestlers, those who can immediately do new things they have just learned and those who train incessantly to create certain automatisms. (laughs) (laughs) I do do need to say... Did he say automatisms? So I do need to say I found this article and it was... Translated into Italian. Yep. <laughs> Spanish? No, it was actually Italian. Oh. Um, and I translated that Italian interview into English. So I couldn't wow. tell you that Takakesho necessarily said the Japanese word for automatisms. <laughs> but you know what, what he means by yep. that, right? Yeah. Uh, and he finishes, there is no right or wrong, but I belong to the second category. I love this yeah. from Takakesho. Isn't it good? We don't, we, we normally get the one match at a time, my yep. style of sumo, yep. but... For him to talk about, well, I mean, the outer body experience that is sumo for him, it's fascinating. It's it's really interesting. And when they say, I do my style of sumo, my style of sumo, you're like, fine, that's fine to say, but could you just once in a while drop a little hint as yeah. to what your style of sumo is in your own perception? Because we can guess and we can see from what you're actually doing, but we don't have an insight into the mental preparation well, or the mental state until somebody says something yeah. like this. I mean, earlier in the interview, Tucker Keisho did talk about how important his touchy eye is, about how important his pushing style. So I think there's the outer, the visible my style of sumo. But what we're talking about here is the inner my style of sumo. So I think from now on, we need to consider these as two completely different concepts. It's, 
It's really cool. It's really good. It's really great. I, I think he's saying that he's not a, I don't want to fixate on this, but he's saying that he's not a brilliant person. But this to me is an extremely clear and clever description of what he's thinking. Yes. Very cool. This might be a good time actually to talk about the retiring of one of the NHK broadcasters because it does tie into this idea of <laughs> styles of sumo <laughs> and everything. So Yasuo Fuji you would recognise him. We can put up a, a photo. He's been a long, long time NHK broadcaster, has sat, aside, sat beside all of the Kitna Fuji a million times um, and all of the great uh, co-hosts that he's worked with. 40 years of covering sumo. And he. <laughs> it was interesting that the article that we saw about this, he focused on, you know, maybe some reasons why he might be calling it quits. I mean, he's, he's ready to retire. And one of those reasons is because of the challenges of non-verbal ricochet um, when he's been trying to report an interview. This is the, the this is so funny. And he calls out Endo here yes. as being one of these ricochet who are notoriously hard to interview. Uh, Fuji just sounds sick of it. He is absolutely over it. So, and he calls out particular phrases. He said, it's tiring to hear. <laughs> and you know what I'm going to say here? Yep. I'll do my own brand of sumo. I'm doing my brand of well, sumo. This is my brand of sumo. Is it Fuji? Like, shut up. Maybe it's Fuji's fault. I mean, we, we saw another journalist completely unravel the mystery of Tucker Keisha. Mm, maybe he's not asking the right questions. Yes. He also hates, it's probably the Oyakata's ethos. <laughs> ethos. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and he says, he, he speaks about a few examples. So he's worked on TV with Wakanahana II, who's, who he calls very engaging. But when he interviewed him back when he was out on the dojo, he, he just never said anything. <laughs> I love that in his retirement interview, he's just complaining. Yeah. <laughs> well, I loved uh, seeing Wakanahana win the basho, but he didn't say anything. He just never said Love anything it. to me. And he said my, his first championship interview was with Asahi Fuji, who answered every question with sordesne. <laughs> sordesne. I mean, you hear that quite uh, a bit. You yeah. heard it a lot from Tamawashi, actually. Yeah. We commented on it last yeah. basho where he just seemed a little bit maybe overwhelmed or, um, you know, he was, he's a shy guy. He doesn't yeah. speak a lot and he did a lot of sordesne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this guy is, is over it. The ones yeah. he called out as good guys were Chiona Fuji, so he spoke enough, and Onokuni. But, um, yeah, the first one with Asahi Fuji and his second one was with Kirishima, his second championship interview, who also didn't talk. So <laughs> it's just like I just, I just want to get out well, of this, look, please. I, I think he's made the right call. I think sometimes when you've been in a job like Fuji has for 40 years, mm. you're not bringing the right amount of energy and you're really not doing the, the sport a service by continuing to ask these probably closed questions. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he needs to do a little bit of interview training. Yeah. There, there might need to be some young young journalists come up who can shake it up a little exactly. bit with their questions. Exactly. He did call out Kidna Fuji as the best co-host, the best commentator that he's worked with, which is not a surprise because those uh, two were really the power yeah. duo. And very, very traditional sumo values, both yep. of those people, I'd imagine. Well, let's jump back to our other uh, Ozeki, Shodai. Uh, late in October, he had his Ozeki promotion party yeah, in Tokyo. Yeah, late. So I couldn't late. believe this when I read this. Yeah, I guess it's because of COVID and all of that and they just waited and eventually had it. But they waited so long that he was cut apart. <laughs> but this is a separate event to where they hold up the fish, right? 
Yeah, I guess that's it was a ceremony. A, yeah, this must be the party. Yeah, so the ceremony is when you actually made ozeki. This is just like yay. Yeah, but it okay. wasn't so much yay because Hakaku was there. And he said, Anozeki should have a sense of responsibility and tension. Um, there's joy and pride involved in gaining this rank. But I do not think, and this is at his celebration, in front of everybody, I do not think present Shodai has attained that state. He should drive himself more, practice hard, give it his all, and get a true sense of the resp- responsibility of pride of the position. Well, I heard that the crowd who were there was just in stunned silence Ooh. after this. <laughs> it was very, very awkward. A bit harsh. Poor old Shorto. He's just having a having a wine, enjoying himself. Everyone's like, oh, well done, mate, for getting Ozeki and going Kataban now like six times. <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing there that I disagree with. Yeah. To me, it's just the timing and the platform. Yeah. I think it would have been done a quiet word later in the evening. Yeah, over a nice, uh, nice. Yeah, maybe sake. it wasn't in front of everyone. It could have been just off to the camera. No, I, I think it was. It was as part of the speech. I think it was too. Yeah. He's keeping it positive, though. Shodai Kyushu is his area. Yep. So he's um, from Kumamoto, along with Sadumi. We should mention the other people from Kyushu, actually. Hirodumi's from Nagasaki. Kotoeko, of course, is from down there. He's from Miyazaki, and Meisei's from Kagoshima, the island. So Sadumi and Shodai from Kumamoto. Uh, so hometown Basho, and he says, um, I hope to greet the fans with a smile since I tend to frown when I lose. Who said this? Shodai. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't say he frowns. I think well, he definitely goes floppy. Yeah. Imagine if he said, because I tend to go floppy when I lose. <laughs> no, look, I, I think, yeah, well, that'll be a very interesting story to keep an eye on. Shodai in front of the home crowd, mm. trying to hang on to that Ozeki status. Yep. And we should mention too, we spoke about Mitakumi earlier. He's at Sekiwake. Yep. Needs those 10 wins to regain that Ozeki status. Hoshoryu at Sekiwake. He's training fiercely. He's been all over the, the social media. He's popping up in videos everywhere with um, people like Kirabiyama and, and the other young popular guys. Uh, training really seriously with Maysay, Um and he wants to end it well. He wants to end the year well. I mean, that's fairly nothing, nothing amazing from Hoshoryu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no um, good quotes. We saw that Kirabiyama went in for a touch of surgery on the nose treating sinusitis, mm. which I can very, very much uh, uh, sympathise yeah, with. Yeah, well, it's, you had surgery earlier this year for yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was June or July. Yeah. Yeah, I had it for exactly the same thing. And I think I'm probably four or five months out and my nose is still a bit, mm. feels a bit sensitive. I yeah. had a few other things done. So yeah. maybe he, he just had a bit of lasering in there. But yeah, look, with a bit of, bit more oxygen going into the lungs, could be a good thing for Kirabiyama. Well, I think he was waking up at night and not being able to breathe. I mean, uh, that is a common thing that happens with Rikishi um, yeah. because of the setup. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was extra bad for him because of the sinusitis. So he said... It's great to have it done and he's not thinking about people hitting his face. But it sounds like, you know, it might be hard to not feel a bit sensitive around the nose. It will be very interesting to see how his touchy eyes look following this surgery. Yep. He is at Komasubi with the other three. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of news about the other Komasubi, particularly um, Tobizari. Like Tamawashi's been doing his post-basho stuff. We've seen him. He was at the fan event. Um, he got presented with some stuff. Toby Zaru, I haven't really heard anything well, about. Have I just missed it? No, I don't think so. Toby Zaru was at the fan event, mm. but he didn't take part in any of the activities. That we saw, that yeah. That we saw anyway, yeah. 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 I don't know, maybe he's just really 
knuckling down. Yeah, well, it's a big basho for uh, Toby Zaru, mm. debuting at Komasubi, one of the higher ranks. Uh, yeah, maybe it's about just concentrating on the inside for him for now. I wonder. Cardinal Wacker at Magashira 1, he says, um, I want to do worthwhile training. I want to be a bit more precise and my body is moving well. Um, and then he talked about the boys going to the beach for some fishing and bringing back fish to the uh, hair. And he said, I am very good at eating. I impatiently waited for them to return. So Cardinal Wacker didn't go fishing. Didn't go fishing. <laughs> just sent the boys out. Go and get me some fish. Yeah. I love to eat. Well, look, when you get to M1, I think there are certain uh, privileges afforded of you. Yeah. He doesn't have to go. He doesn't have to go fishing. Where would they go fishing? Where oh, well, it's beautiful um, coastlines down there. Oh, oh down here. It well, might I'm have assuming. been in Kyushu, actually. Well, because the only reason I say that is because we heard that Ura is already in Fukuoka. Yep. Uh, ahead of the Basho, says that the weather's a little bit milder yep. this time of year. Yep. He did say that every year the head of the Koen Kai, the local support group, brings Ura fresh fish from the market so that every meal, and I'm quoting here, really is a delight. Yeah, all right. So fish is definitely a thing down on uh, Kyushu, down on the island. Um, and so that must have been for Kodnawaka as well. Must yes, oh, I'm guessing, yeah. Down there, they're just in, just loving fresh fish. yeah. The other thing Ura said was, it feels refreshing to be here. Fair enough. They, they would love going down there, it seems, across the board. It's a beautiful part of the world. It is. It is. And Japan, we've, more we've specifically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had a great time there. Yeah, we went to Beppu, loved yep. it. Um, and the wind is nice. Mm. Ura. He yeah. said the wind is nice. Yeah. Um, I prefer cool weather. There's a little Ura fact for you. Interesting. Um, he did well, didn't he, uh, Ura, in uh, in the Kyushu Basho. It's where he got his – he's got a lot of kachikoshis there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 10 wins last year, I think, in, oh, okay. um, in this Basho. So, yeah, it feels like everyone wants to finish off – we often talk about this. You want to finish off the year well and you've enjoyed – it's a big, it's a long way to go, but they get there, a lot of, hey, I get there nice and early and they have places down there that they set up and, oh, and train and all of that. It's a dream. Fun, fun little holiday, I reckon. Atami Fuji, this is his first Makuuchi Basho. Now, he's been training so hard. He is so into sumo that he just really commits, it seems like, to really strongly to to this and why wouldn't he in his first Makuchi Basho? He said, I love sumo. I've been doing sumo while laughing since I was in senior high school. I'll be up in Makuchi next Basho and I wonder if I'll be able to show some coolness. Well, I think the sumo world, all eyes on Atami Fuji this time around. <laughs> It'll be interesting because he's still so young, yep. still has a lot of strength to develop, I think, but the technique is there. Yeah. I don't know. Oh my God, if I found out he wasn't Alcoholic, I would die. <laughs> okay, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you got any sumo karaoke for oh, us let's, today? Let's listen let's, to some music. Let's All right. go for that. Well, as you mentioned earlier, the Fan Fest featured, I'd call it a concert yep. almost. Yes, uh, it was big, wasn't it? Yeah, and from what I can tell, it was over three separate nights. Okay. So I'm going to bring you a couple of selections from that. Uh, and I've got to say, as I was casting my eyes over the singers... One name jumped out, and that name was Wakamoto Haru. Yes. I haven't yes, seen. I've forgotten. I, I don't think I've seen Wakamoto Haru sing before, but he was up there. He was performing a song called Shonen Yo, which translates to Hey Boy, let's take a listen. <laughs> Ah, 
諦めはついたかいバカみたいに空が綺麗だぜ今はもう見れないさあいつも変わったな笑い合った君をバカみたいに思い出している日々はね青春だらこね少年忘れしまった最近ず神様なんていないぜ腹から信じちゃないさ僕たちをこのままでOh my goodness. <laughs> If you were there and you weren't absolutely punching the air at that point, just who are you? It's a very honest performance, isn't it? It's great. I mean, Wakamoto Haru, how could you love him anymore? He's powered to the top, he's established himself, and now he's involved in everything. Oh, he's one of the superstars of the sport legitimately now, I think. He actually is. He's in heaps of videos. He talks all the time. He's interviewed all the time. He's on heaps of shows, game shows. Like, and, he's, and now he's singing. Now he's up there just absolutely rocking out. The start of that sounded like Summer of 69. <laughs> <It was. laughs> I thought he was going to rock into that. I thought it was、uh, an interesting song selection.、Yeah. You don't often hear something that I'd describe this as, you know, J.、Uh, Punk, or、mm. you know, punk pop is probably what we'd call it in Australia、mm. or America.、Uh, and it's a very honest reading of this song. Yeah, yeah. It's a good melody line for him. Like it doesn't go too, too high, too low. And he gets it. Well, it did go a little bit low, and he got to sing in that nice, rich, lower tones. I like that. And it's, I was expecting a very big jump in, into the chorus. Yes. But it just stayed happens, on a, on a certain yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. He、so、kept it. Kept it honest.、Uh, let me tell you a little bit about this song, Sean and Your. It was actually the ending theme for a TV series、uh, in the Carmen Rider、uh, series, and it was originally performed by Akira Fuse. Fuse was a, a singer, he was born in 1947, and he was really best known for his Enka、uh, performances, which is the Japanese blues, is what they call it. Sounds nothing like the blues, but he made a big comeback with this song in 2005. Now, I don't know if you know Carmen Rider, it's a live action TV series, it's a superhero、mm-hmm. series. It usually features a, it's a bit like, I, I guess, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. It's that similar kind of real live actors in suits,、yep. practical effects. I can、uh, imagine it really now with that、um, link. Yeah. yeah. Except the main character in this one is dressed like a grasshopper and rides motorbikes. Okay. So the series has been around since the 70s and it's just been popular through the generations. And、yep. it's still really, really big in Japan now.、Um, Is it so, filmed out in a quarry often? I'm often, imagining it, you know, big well, rocks and. Often they do those things on sets.、Uh-huh. Yeah, but maybe there'd be some quarry action too. This particular song was the ending theme for a series called Carmen Rider Hibiki. And Akira Fuse actually made a,、uh, what would you say, guest starring performance in a suit as the senior former Oni master who gifts Hibiki the armed sabre. Wow. Now, I don't know what that means. No, it sounds great. <laughs> but it sounds dorky as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Wakamoto Haru chose it himself. You know, they're like, well, what do you know and what can you sing? And he was like, oh, I love this. 
I love this show. I've always I, loved this song. Yeah, I because I'm a nerd. My guess would be they do choose the songs themselves. I reckon because they're, they're doing probably karaoke in their own time. Yeah, they might go and, and do then it with somebody's the, employed to make that amazing MIDI background. Well, I've got to say that one was better than usual. That was, was a good. real guitar there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've good. we've been listening to those official sumo kyokai ones done in the studio with just the absolute garbage backing tracks. This was a real breath of fresh air for me. Yeah, yeah, it was very good, very enjoyable, and and as you say, such a different style from a lot of the other ones that uh, that were sung on the day because there is a bit more of that. Like Ikkyo will always sing yeah, it, so yeah. it's more Anka style, and yep. um, there's some traditional songs and stuff like that. So. That was rocking out. Perfect, perfect stuff. Wakamoto Haru, you're genius. All right. Well, another thing that caught my eye um, from day three of these performances was we had a performance from Yobidashi Setsuo. Yes. So I don't think we've ever featured a Yobidashi singing karaoke before in this segment, uh, but let's take a listen to Setsuo performing Rainy Blue. Oh, lovely. Yeah, wasn't that Great nice? Great voice. I mean, you would expect a good voice there from a Yobidashi. Well, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Why haven't I put a Yobidashi in before? Yeah. Well, Why aren't they singing around? all over the place? Exactly. Aren't they looking for other, other avenues to get their voice out there? And um, you would say not a traditionally expert singer, but he could hold a tune. Oh, yeah, it was lovely. I mean, that was much more the traditional type of song that I was talking about before where you're absolutely going up there in the chorus. And he hit it. Oh, he, he got did? it? Oh, yep. he did. He and did. I meant to say this about Wakamoto Haru's song as well, just the commitment to reverb. Oh, we need to talk about that. Just really long. Because the while the arrangements, I think, sound quite good, they're keeping it real with that very typical karaoke Delay. Yeah, it's a delay, isn't it? It's yeah. not even reverb. It's it's, it's a, a delay. short delay, a short and no no tail delay. Uh, no, yeah, like the delay and doesn't go many times. All of the high frequencies taken out of it, mm. so it's it's just that cheap mic sounding. Yeah, like delay. it's bouncing straight back at you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cheap mic delay it is. It makes yeah. it sound like they're holding a plastic microphone with a switch on it. Exactly. With yeah. and a cord, like that's, a cord straight back to the karaoke machine. But I think that's what's really nice about these performances is that. Yeah, I mean, Ikioi did turn up and blow everyone away, of course, but it's it feels like real karaoke. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're trying to make it sound like that. Right? Yeah, well, they've absolutely I nailed that. How many people were singing along? Do, do other people know Adeni Blue? I don't know, but let me t- tell you a little bit about Setsuo, the the Yobidashi. So he is the Makushita Yobidashi at Shin Koroyama Heia, which is headed up by X Terao. Yeah, that's right. So a uh, personality you always see on the NHK uh, commentary. Um, Shikoroyama's best known rikishi is Abi. Mm-hmm. 
It's really hard to dig up much on Setsuo, the um, Yobidashi, apart from the one bit of information that's out there publicly is that his real name is Satoru Kumazaki. Uh, I did find his Twitter. Did you? So if you are, are on Twitter before now? it absolutely yep. disintegrates. For the binfire. His uh, Twitter handle is at Yobidashi Setsuo. He's got 4,600 followers. Wow. That's more um, than me. It's a lot more. <laughs> uh, Give us some of those. He's got a nice profile pic of him holding the mighty green macaron at the end of one of the uh, bashos. And his content is mostly around photos of ramen. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, having a flick through that feed before I've had lunch, oof, oh, I could go yeah. some ramen. When you see good ramen, oh. you don't even have to be hungry to just be like, oh, where can there I go? There is nothing better. Maybe we should get ramen after this. Maybe. There's a good ramen place near here, so I think yeah, let's we should do that. do that. I know which Basha the Green Macaron is, actually, by the way. I've, oh, yeah, I've I saw just that. just taken note of which ones, which colour is which. It's Haru. Haru, okay. Yeah. Interesting. It goes pink, green, gold, pink, green, gold. The, oh. Yeah, there pink, you go. green, gold. Um, the song Rainy Blue is by Hideaki Tokunaga, who was a, again, another uh, singer that operated in the 70s and onwards. And in fact, he was the first male artist to have number one albums across four decades wow. in Japan. So the 80s, 90s, 2000s and 2010s. I wonder if he started off real poppy and then got to the crooner stage. Or... Well, as an artist, I think he was what you would say more of a singer than a songwriter. And through the 2010s, he had a lot of success with a series of albums where he did versions from female singers. Oh, okay. Uh, he's known as an interpreter of songs mm-hmm. more than a, than a writer of mm-hmm. songs. Okay, well, that brings us to our final selection. I could have taken another song. From there. Yeah, but, there were so many the, good ones. Where's the challenge? Yeah. We'll bring you more in the future. You've gone dark web? No, I, I did go dark web. I used Bing. Bing <laughs> is really... <laughs> oh, no, I'd just taken a sip of water. <laughs> Bing is the only real reliable um, search tool for finding good karaoke. That's right, because you don't get the normal stuff suggested from your algorithm. Yeah, well, Google's trying to push YouTube yeah. on you. Yeah. And it pushes the same mm. um, stuff. So when on Bing... And I found a little selection from the 2018 Natsu Basho Senshuraku party for the Tatsunami Baya. Okay. The song being performed is Tsubomi, which means flower bud. And we have Kira Daichi and Kamito performing this one. <laughs> then when they got to the chorus. We like, certainly. They really went for it. Yeah, and I guess the reason this one appealed to me is this is the roots of Karaoke Corner. Mm-hmm. It's the Senshu Raku party. It's two boys in the lower ranks 
belting it out while everyone talks. Yeah. It's quite informal. It's it's a it's singing at a party. Yeah. And and I wanted to put this in because this is the dream. We want to get back to here. We love the official drops. We love the big performances. But the Senshu Raku karaoke is really the beating heart of this segment. So, so good to see some back here. Um, Kira Daichi had a lot to sing about at that point. So that was 2018 Natsu. He had gone 4-3 at Sundown May oh, 21. Good job. And what a genius move to be up there with Kamito. He went 4-3 at Sundown May 24. Okay. So there's a lot of a lot of feeling behind this performance. Yeah. They so were very, very thrilled. They might have had a few beers then. I reckon they had. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about this song, which uh, is called Subomi, which means flower bud. It was written and performed by a group called Kobukuro. Uh, this name is uh, an amalgamation of the two members, uh, Kobuchi and who's the other one? Uh, Kuroda. Mm-hmm. So Kobuchi was a salesman who used to go and do street concerts on a Saturday. And Kuruda was a physical education teacher and oh. also a street musician. So one time they they met on the Saturday while they were both doing street performing. You mean busk- like busking? It's busking, but in Japan it's a different kind of culture. Mm-hmm. Like there's merch and yeah. it's more of a performance. Like that official ha- busking. I guess so. It's like busking, but I think busking in well, definitely in Australia and definitely in Melbourne, it's a bit looked down on. Oh, yeah. And the quality of musicianship is often low. Yep. Whereas in Japan, you know, and especially if you're ever up in the northern end of Osaka on a Sunday, people will bring PA systems. Oh, okay. Yeah. There'll be advertised performance times. There'll be fans of these bands and these acts. So being a street musician's quite different, although I, I can't speak for their level of success in this time. Um, but... Kobuchi offered Kuroda a song and he saw that Kuroda was not a very good guitar player. Yeah. So he offered to play guitar for him. That's how the group was born. Now, this single was their first uh, single off their first album and it was it went to number one. Uh, now, Marty Friedman, yeah. guitarist of American thrash metal band Megadeth. That was a, a turn I was not expecting. You weren't. Uh, so Marty weighed in after hearing this single. And he, he pointed out that the song's arrangement was very simple. And these are Marty's words here, did away with the influence of music from the West. Oh. So I thought, why would Marty Friedman, guitarist from Megadeth, be weighing in on this single? Turns out that Marty has lived in Japan since 2003. He lives in Shinjuku and he's gone on to become a regular on Japanese music TV programs. Has he? Yeah. And even has appeared on that uh, Uta no Kohaku, the Mm -hmm. uh, New Year's Eve music performance. Playing guitar. I don't know what his involvement was, yeah. but I, I imagine. He's also uh, been touring Japan in a band that's been doing the Bravery Default soundtrack. Really? Yeah, so he's quite he's quite involved in, in music still in Japan. Wow. Yeah. You absolutely need to write a paper on on <laughs> on music coming into the sumo the music and uh, sumo crossover world. Yeah, I've been talking to a, a specialist. To a few universities about mm. doing my masters in it, but they're very um they're not coming to the paper with an open mind. <laughs> I would I would go and see you present on it, <laughs> which I do every month as do um, all of you listening. Thank you. It's an absolute joy. No problems. Coming to your seminar, coming well, to your, your TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn our eye to uh 
the year 2022. Mm. One of the things that's always decided at the Kyushu Basho is the rikishi who has the most amount of wins for the year. It's a recognised, I wouldn't say award, but it's something that's that people something keep track that goes of. up on the screen. It certainly does into a Wikipedia article. Coming into the final basho, we have Wakataka Kage on 49 wins for the year, Kodnawaka on 46 wins for the year, Hoshoryu on 44, and then we start to move down to Kiribayama, Wakamoto, Haru. Wakataka Kage definitely in the driver's seat here. Yeah, 49. So that's three out in front. And you, you have to think that, you know, he'll be doing all right up here. So I would say he was probably the main contender. We think that Kodunawaka and Hoshoryu will will go well as well. And these other, Sudden Umi's on that list, I should say. <laughs> Sudden Umi he's is on that 40, list. He's got 40. So yeah. he's only nine behind. Uh, Tamawashi, Terunofuji on 42 as well, won't be able to contribute any more to those. But yeah, Wakataka Kage has a big chance here. He certainly does. And I think c- you should get a prize. I think you should yeah, get a prize. I think you should too. What um, prize would you get? Bag of salt. Well, I, I, think in, I think in terms of of the achievement, to be that consistent over six basho, it mm. deserves something big. Yeah. Sumo Manichi sponsored prize. Oh. Send him a T-shirt. Send him a T-shirt. <laughs> That's all we got. <laughs> well, actually, no, it's not all we've got. No. Any day now we are going to receive our first run of Sumo Manichi badges. Yep. The, and now these aren't just these cheap badges that you can make in a, a badge maker. No. These are beautiful two-colour enamel badges. Enamel pins, they are. Oh, they are pins, yeah. Enamel pins, sumo manage enamel pins. So so we will let you know as soon as they are available, but I think they're going to be really nice. Yeah, I'm going to wear one all the time. Should we look at the Torikumi for tomorrow? Yep, let's have a little look. Bring that up. So up the top we have, let me check this is day one because <laughs> sumo DB always defaults Sumo DB, why? The tomorrow day. Uh, Takakesho up against Daesho. So Daesho's at Komasubi. Would be absolutely capable of surprising Takakesho too. I think too. so. I think so. Will he be able oh. to let the body take over? Well, oh, I think there's no issue with him letting the body take over. It's, it's just a question of the body he, will do? what the body will do. <laughs> Daesho is a hard opponent for him because um, their styles are, are quite similar. Agreed. They'll both be absolutely trying to shove and Daesho will be looking for the the, the pull down as well, maybe. Oh, he, yeah, he'll be looking for a quick win, I yep. reckon, against Takakesho. The other genius bit of programming is that second to last, we have Tobi Zaru taking on Shordai. <laughs> it's a 4 1 record, but I'm not sure it'll stay uh, Shordai's way for much longer. I think Tobi Zaru just come out of the gates extremely enthusiastic. Well, I think as a day one matchup, both would love to put a win on the board day one. Yeah, they absolutely will. Wakataka Kage. Uh, we mentioned he's looking to have the most wins in the year, so he'll want to kick off on day one with a win against Takiyasu at Magashira 1. Yeah, so Kodnawaka, Hoshoryu, we also see Meisei Mitakumi. I guess what's interesting is day one, uh, Komasubi Tamawashi is up against Ichinojo. Will that be a freebie mm. or a fusen show for Tamawashi? Time will tell. Atami Fuji, in his first bout in Makuchi, he has Hirada Umi, who scraped in, kept his Magashira 16 position. So he'll have the hometown advantage. Uh, we mentioned before he was from the area, but Atami Fuji will have uh, have the feels behind him. The, the other one I would like to highlight, because I think this could be a good one, is Ura taking on Kirubiyama. Oh, yeah. It's yes. a 2-2 record. Will be very, very interesting to watch. Now... 
Should we do predictions? Are they well, a waste of time? Should we talk about this? <laughs> Are they a waste of time? We we always want to do them, but then when I actually get down to it, I realise that it's it's too complex to put into words my predictions. Yeah. Also, take a K show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to see nothing more than Tucker K show taking a U show. Oh here. yeah, would that does that appeal to you as well? It really, really does. Um, and I think this is his time to do it with Terunofuji out of the way. Shorty basically concentrating on just getting the eight wins. He got Mitaki would be focused on just the same thing. I think the doors open. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see someone like Wakataka Kage yes. bob up again. Yeah. Well, I actually just started scanning my eyes over it and I've broken out into a cold sweat because I'm very anxious about pinning all my hopes or, or mentioning one person only because obviously Takayasu, I would absolutely love to see that happen. Well, could like, be an Taka opportunity. Kage would be amazing. Toby Zari, like maybe he just flies through. If Tamawashi brings his form from September into this basho, you never know what could happen there. Yeah, absolutely. And some of these guys who are fighting fighting up the top as well, like Midori Fuji, he'll have a tough one, I reckon, at Magashira 3. He'll mm. be fighting in the joy and maybe Wakamoto Haru as well. They might find it a little bit tougher. But, yeah, some of these guys up the top, Hoshoryu, how would you feel about Hoshoryu uh, winning it? I'd feel, it, I'd feel fine, but, I mean, it would have to be a breakout performance for yeah. him. Sekiwake hasn't been yep. an easy position, position for him. And it's almost like I've seen his mental game decline a little bit since reaching that rank. And how are you feeling about Mitakeumi as well? Are you extremely keen for him to get those 10 wins? Uh, look, not necessarily. I, I think it was a great achievement for him to get there. Um, and look, it's one of those things. The score will sort it out. It mm. doesn't matter what I think. And I think that's why the predictions thing for me, well, firstly, because we always forget what we said. Yep. Uh, and secondly, there's just no point. Yeah, no one holds us accountable. You've got no, to hold yeah, us more no accountable. Yeah, no one holds us accountable, exactly. <laughs> Just yell at us after, don't. Oh, I'd love to see Mitakumi come back to Ozeki, but I, I look, in all honesty, I don't think he'd be there very long. After seeing him participate in um, more of the social elements around the sport, I, you know, I'm a bit more endeared to him. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him get the get the wins. I mean, I'd like a strong Ozeki, I suppose. And if Shota is going to drop out, not that he necessarily will, I guess I'd, I wouldn't mind... Mitakeumi coming back, but is it going to be Mitakeumi or is it going to be Wakataka Kage? Yeah, great question. Great question. Thank you so much for joining us on Sumo Mainichi today. A couple of things we should uh, tick off before we leave you. We are running the Chiyoshoma Henka competition again. Yes, yes. And we think it's it's better now because he's not doing it all the time. Yeah. So it's actually much harder to pick the day he's going to because he might not at all because his sumo is actually going quite well. Would we jackpot if if he didn't do a Henka into January and you get two t-shirts if oh, you win. Oh, yes. Anyway, so if you would like to take part, you just need to get in contact with us at uh, Sumo Mainichi on Twitter, Instagram, or email us on sumomainichi at gmail.com and tell us which day yep. you would like to nominate. Get in early. Get in early get for your in early. preferred day. Uh, and we'll send you a, a T-shirt or maybe a pin. Yeah, if the pins come, we'll send you a pin for sure. The other thing we'd like to mention um, – We've got some great supporters out there. If you would like to make a contribution towards uh, the podcast and our hosting fees, and more importantly, sake, we don't really want to do a Patreon, like a monthly thing doesn't feel right for us. But if you would like to make a contribution towards the Sumo Mainichi Sake Fund, you can do that via PayPal with our Gmail address, yep. sumomainichi at Gmail, or you can check the link in our bios. 
We will probably be doing some Jurio action. So yeah. the other thing that you can follow is our YouTube channel, um, Sumo Manichi. <laughs> and we will be there tomorrow, won't we? We will be uh, streaming and commentating Jurio live. So. Yeah, I think we absolutely We've will be. We've got a bottle of sake. We can yeah, we'll crack that open. Do get that. going. Happy birthday to Kitnawaka, who turns 22 today. Happy birthday to Hokuseiho, who turns 21 today. And we will see you tomorrow for uh, the start of Kyushu Basho. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Yeah.